Welcome to this message by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Bishop Edwin Ogo is a seasoned minister of the Word of God whose messages on Christian living, church building, and the work of the ministry are a great inspiration to ministers all over the world. He pastors the Mackinac Cathedral in Oyibi, where he ministers powerfully in various services, transforming lives and raising zealous church workers. You will experience the transformational force and power of God's word as he ministers passionately to you today. Be blessed as you listen.
session of Art of Shepherding Conference 2022. Hallelujah. And uh, you may please be seated. I want to welcome you this evening to the final words of this conference. I do believe that God has a word for you and a word for me. We have heard amazing things. And this evening I want to appreciate Bishop Nee Ajedu for For the preciseness of his ministration, for the depth, for the power, and for the transformation his words bring into our hearts. We appreciate you greatly, and it's my prayer that God is going to do wonderful things in our churches through the experience we have been privileged to enjoy from him. I know that this evening is also another time of a supernatural transfer of wisdom, of light, and of instruction. I'm not happy with your hand clap at this time. It's now working. It's now working. And I want you at this time to help me to receive God's anointed, a beautiful grace we have in Bishop Ni Ajedu. Clap your hands for him. Hallelujah. Thank you once again, Bishop Morgan Ogo. I think I I cannot but say that he's my best friend and I thank God for a friend like that amen a friend 
most of us, our friends are people who give us things that are temporary in nature. But a friend that affects you for eternity is a good friend. Someone like Bishop Dag, who has affected our lives for eternity, is a good father. I want to clap for Bishop Dag. He has affected our lives for eternity. And I'm saying that to have a friend that affects you for eternity is a good friend. It's a real iron sharpened iron type of friend. Amen. Because each time I come near him, I become very sharpened. I was discussing with Bishop Prince a couple of months ago that I want to follow healing Jesus and be part. So we're discussing. He says, so what, like, what will I be doing? And I said, I will be assistant to Bishop Ogo. <laughs> I mean, just, that was just like some three months ago. And he said, oh, it's a good idea. Because at times maybe either he has not arrived at the pastor's conference or there's something he has to do, then I can stand him. So I am by this sending my application letter. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much. We bless you for the true spirit of love that is running through this conference and running through this place. We cannot ask for anything better. We cannot say that we have not been blessed. We cannot deny the fact that our lives have been touched for eternity. And we cannot wait to see the manifestation of the works that you have done this week in our hearts especially. Thank you for what you are giving us, what you are depositing us. And we thank you that even as we live here, the things will not only be with us, but they will abound in us. That we can say goodbye to fruitlessness. That we can say goodbye to barrenness. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, have your way in this last sessions that we have entered into. Jesus name and let everyone say amen. amen you may please be seated do you see why it is good for you to have many in your church who are called because at some age you are not used to sitting now at 7pm so by now as you have gone home there are many people that you have brought will sit down and listen and come and tell you you see a lot of more elderly people have left so you need to raise young people in your church amen and decide that you are not going to grow old because growing old is a decision that you have to take in my life I believe that a lot of things are decisions 
the quantity of food I eat is a decision. It's not the feeling in my stomach. So when my stomach is bursting and I say I'm full, no. I decide that this is that I'm eating, I'll be full. And that is it. So in life, there are many things that are decisions. Amen? And age is also a decision. Now, as I went back and I was just reading again Kenneth Sanders' story, I was being blessed. And I realized that there are a lot of details in the story that could make a lot of difference to us tonight. Because diligence, like I was saying, is something that if I was experiencing in my church, the walls of my church would be busting. Because if it comes to ideas, by the grace of God, for the past four and a half years, the Lord has given me some. But running with the ideas and continuing running with them is what makes the difference. And it's my prayer that even as Bishop Ogo has dealt with our hearts and as we have been blessed that what your church looks like is what your heart looks like. What your life looks like is what your heart looks like. Because out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. So if you see a small church, it means that your heart is very small. If you see a small congregation, your heart is very small. If you see a large congregation, your heart is very large. If you see a beautiful church like this, it means that you have a beautiful heart. If you are seeing ugly, some of us, when we come to our church, it looks like a shrine. Even a fetish priest will not operate from there. But I see your church changing. I see, I see your church changing. I told you, I told one pastor that if I come for a visit in your town, I will not come to your church. A pastor that I sent, I said, if I come there, I will not come there. Because it's a disgrace. Yes. Everything starts small. But when you continue to remain like that and you don't have any desire and appetite to see something different, then there is something wrong. Most of us, when we were married, we didn't look nice. I mean, you thought you were nice. That's when you go back and look at your pictures, realize actually your wife had a lot of faith. Usually, I don't know, the men are those who change (laughs) for the better. And the women, I don't know whether they change for the same or for the worse. I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know. But persistently following something, it was makes the difference. And even as we leave this conference, that is something that we need to have deposited in our hearts. That anything committed to you, you need to persistently follow after it. You need to continuously, unless you don't believe what you have, or you don't believe what you are doing. And I just want to take this story on persistence and diligence again because it's just too wonderful. Because there are so many things that we can still pick from there. Amen? Now, I was reading the story and I was amazed. (laughs) 
it says that when Colonel Harlan Sanders retired, when he retired at the age of 65, I don't know how many of us are 65 here, but this story that we learned is when the person retired at the age of 65. So it means that all of us here are very, very young. It doesn't matter what the hair, color of your hair looks like. Most of us, the hair, color of our hair is a makeup. You keep it low and you add some chemicals to keep it black. <laughs> he had little to show for himself. I don't know what... I want, I want all of us to take stock of what we have now in our churches and just put yourself in the place of Kenneth Sanders. Meanwhile, you're not 65 yet, so you have more energy than Kenneth Sanders. But at 65, when he went on retirement, he had what? Very little to show for himself. When you come to my church, I have very little to show for myself. Very little. And if you ask me to give excuses, I will get some excuses to give you. That was 4,000 before, and when COVID came, it brought me to 2,000. I can have many excuses. I can tell you some of my church members, they built houses at OEB area and East Lagos, so they have moved and gone to stay there. <laughs> some have moved to <laughs> Amasama, so they moved there and moved to other branches. I can have many excuses. The guy who was 65, is retiring. What else does he have to do? Shouldn't he just go and enjoy his small pension? That you've done ministry for 17 years and you have 38 members. I mean, what now do we want from you? Can it change? But the guy was 65 and he was going on pension. And we are learning that he had little to show for himself except an old caddy Roadster, a one oh five dollars monthly pension check, and a recipe for chicken. You are leaving this place with a recipe for chicken. As you are leaving this place with a recipe for church growth, a recipe to be a powerful shepherd, a recipe to be a raiser of many who are called. Remember fifty plus one. Make it your motto. Knowing he couldn't live on his pension, he took his chicken recipe in hand, got behind the wheel of his van, and set out to make his fortune. Hmm. His first plan was to sell his chicken recipe to restaurant owners who would in turn give him a residual for every piece of chicken they sold. He was expecting five cents per chicken. That he had a magic formula in his hands. And he believed that the chicken would be so nice that every chicken that he sold, he would get five pence. He believed in what he had. Do you believe in your calling? Or you trivialize your calling? There is a chapter on what it means 
to be called. And one of the things that prophet says is that to be called is to be given an office. (laughs) Because most of us, by virtue of our education, nobody will give you an office to sit inside. Let me show you. Number one, he said to be called is to be summoned distinctly. It's not a general summoning. When we were kids some time ago in Ghana, Ghana was very clean. When the town council people come to your house and they see standing water somewhere, you are summoned to court. On the summon sheet will be your name will be the address and will be the offense for which you have been summoned to the court. We used to say, asamabu, asamabu, asamabu. It's not summer. You've been summoned to court. As one of the meaning of being called is to be summoned distinctly. It means that your name is on the call. Your credentials are on the call. God knows what you are. He knows who you are. He knows that you are incapable of doing anything. Yet, because of what he knows he can do out of you, he summons you distinctly. So if you trivialize the call, you are missing out on it. This man had a recipe and he believed in the recipe. You need to believe in your call. You need to believe that God has summoned you distinctly. You need to believe the call that, you see, God called, when Jesus Christ called his disciples, it wasn't like many people were there, fishermen, because Andrew, their father was there, but he called them by name. He didn't say, hey, 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 guys, shall they follow me? No. He called individuals by name. He called them by name. When Zacchaeus climbed the tree, Zacchaeus, come down by name. So you need to believe that it is you. Can the Sanders believe that it was him? He had something in his hand. Though he was 65 and he had retired. And even in his lifetime, he had many failures. It's not just a chicken, you know, Oh, yes. In his lifetime, he had many failures. He tried certain businesses. We didn't work. So he's a known failure. <laughs> Are you with me? He's a known what? Failure. He tried many things. That didn't work. Yet, he kept on. Yet, Somebody who has tried things. I think I saw one here. Mm, listen. The Kenneth Sanders story teaches an important lesson. It is never too late to decide to never give up. Earlier in his life, the Kenneth was involved in other business ventures. But they weren't successful. If you didn't succeed when you were 40, 
You need to succeed when you were 50. And 65, after you have been spent and retired, you still think that you can be successful. Because he had something in his hand. I say he had something in his hand. I don't know what you have in your hand. In this conference, a lot of things have been put into your hands. Amen? He had something in his hand. He had a gas station in his 30s. <laughs> a restaurant in his 40s. And he gave up on both of them. At the age of 65, however, Harlan Sanders decided his chicken idea was the right idea. And he refused to give up. Even in spite of repeated rejections. In spite of repeated rejections. The man believed that despite all the failures, he still has something. He believed in what he had. You need to believe in your core. Amen? I said amen. amen. To be called is to, be, to receive special mercy. What did Paul say in 2 Corinthians 4.1? Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. So you see, Paul here is comparing the receiving of the ministry to receiving mercy. So you and I, God has shown us mercy. Some of us, if we weren't in the ministry by now, we'd be lying between three girls somewhere. Everybody lies Friday night. You'll be lying somewhere. <laughs> Look, I've not told you I was at, I used to do this thing at this square. Hot pants, DJS. Yes, hot pants at Carnation. Uh, we used to organize a disco there. And this, my friends would sing because I used to be the DJ. Last night, the DJ saved my life. Because usually when friends, when they catch a baby, then they will signal you, then you put on hot numbers for them. I was saving people's lives. <laughs> Look, I had friends eh? One of them, his father had a flat. Not far from Kanishi area there. Kanishi, modest area, the flats that are there. His father owned a flat. And they had a, a register in the flat. They call it slaughterhouse. By the grace of God, I never stepped there to slaughter anybody. But I went there one day to see what they do there. A register. When they bring you, they write the name and the minutes they spent or the hours they spent. I mean, my friends I used to play football with. So if God has called me, he has showed me mercy. So when Paul says that seeing that we have received this ministry, we have received mercy, understand what he's saying. You are shocked. Go ahead and look at me. I don't look like somebody. Who... My mother has been, I, I told you about mother's prayers. Did I tell you? Yes. yes. Let his face come home. Because when I go out with the friends, I don't know what we are doing. 
But by the grace of God, I've gone to form one, I've gone to SU, so I didn't think this slaughtering was good. They take ladies there and they call it slaughterhouse. But <laughs> so if I'm saying that what you have received is something precious, you have received mercy. Amen. So can the Sanders had this recipe, and despite all the failures, he knew that this recipe is good. And I'm saying to you that what you have received, the ministry you have received, is a good ministry. You have something better in your hands than a chicken recipe. Hallelujah. You have something better in your hands than chicken recipe. Amen. To be called is to be appointed for a special purpose. Look at the life and the ministry of Bishop Dag. You could see the special purpose for which he's been called. Because the things that he's leading us to do, they are not ordinary things. Look at the life of your pastor. Look, how many pastors in this area are building nine cathedrals? Can you tell me any, any pastor in this area like that? I don't think there's anyone in this area. I mean, from all the way to Dodoa and, and beyond. I mean, it's real. Are you understand what I'm saying? And it's not like somebody is bringing money anywhere. <laughs> what he has done here eh, is like an investment. So out of every investment, there are returns that come out. And the returns are being used elsewhere. To also build similar things. Which will also be used to build similar things. And that's how the church is growing. Because what we have received is something special. It's a special purpose. Are you understand what I'm saying? Kenneth Sanders knew he had chicken recipe. And therefore, he knew that though I have failed before, I will still try again. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Numbers chapter 3 verse 10. And thou shalt appoint Aaron and his sons. And they shall wait on their priest's office. And the stranger that cometh nigh be put to death. (laughs) They are appointing people to serve in the priest's office. They say the stranger. You are not a stranger. You've been appointed to serve in the priest's office. I'm trying to make you aware that Colonel Sanders had chicken recipe. And what you have is far more than chicken recipe. What you have is something special that ordinary people cannot come around. We shouldn't trivialize what God has put in our hands. It's when we trivialize what God has put in our hands, then what we produce will just be a trivial thing. Because garbage in, garbage out. Because the garbage is in our minds. That what I have is not powerful. What I have is just something ordinary. When you consider it at what you have, the calling is an ordinary calling, then the output of the calling will also be not ordinary. But when you consider it as a special purpose, when you consider it, you see, people are getting down and becoming everybody, but 
You see, yours is different. Don't see yourself as somebody else. People come into the ministry for different reasons. But see yourself because you are in this conference. And because you are hearing what I'm saying to you. See that your calling is for a special purpose. That is the meaning to be called. You have received mercy. You have been called for a special purpose. Therefore, what comes out of it should be, should be, should be special. It shouldn't be ordinary. It shouldn't be what everybody is doing. The fact that you do slightly more than somebody doesn't mean that you have done anything. Bishop Ogo has built cathedrals already. True or false? He has done some cathedrals already. He has done many cathedrals already. But he has 10 more to build. <laughs> I'm surprised the Bishop did not say yesterday that well, no work done. <laughs> no work done. Get to the job. No work done. See, though he didn't say it in his mind, he knows it. And no work done. Get to the job. Get to the job. Can I send this? I said, if I had pension. But yet, he said, no work done. I have something else that I have not used. I have a trump card that I have not used. What is your trump card? Your trump card is for you to know that you have been called for a special purpose. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Number four, to be called is to be separated for God's purpose. You have not been separated for man's purpose, but for God's purpose. If it's for man's purpose, you will look at what man is doing and compare yourself to man. But I don't mean called for man's purpose. It's for God's purpose. So see somebody who God is using. See what somebody, somebody who God is using, what the person is doing. Don't compare yourself to other people. If Bishop Ogo is to compare himself to other people, he will not do anything. He will relax. Because I don't know whether there's any beautiful cathedral in the, this whole hemisphere. Like here. But this is not the doing of, of man. It's the doing of God. And for God's purpose, it has to continue. Amen? So see your calling as something special. Kenan Sanders saw that chicken recipe as something special. He believed this is chicken that when you eat, you should pay him. <laughs> when you eat it, you should pay him something. Every chicken that is eaten, you should get five cents. He believes it. Do we also believe the calling that we have? In Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 8, it said, at that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi. To bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. To stand before the Lord to minister unto him. And to bless in his name unto this day. So you can see the Lord separated the tribe of Israel. And I'm saying that you have also been separated for God's purpose. God separated them so they will minister in his presence. And you and I have also been separated. We have been separated. We have been separated. When you have been separated, you behave differently. Do you understand? When you have been separated, you do your everything is different. I mean, you, you are no more an ordinary person, and you have not been separated unto man. You have been separated unto God. You have been separated unto God. So to be called is not a small thing. It's not something we should we, we should trivialize. 
Do you understand? It's not something we should trivialize at all. He said, when the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. God is always in the business of separating. In the business of separating. God looks throughout the whole earth, then he separated a group of people. He looked at Abraham living in his family house, then he separated him. That I want to make something different out of you. You are special. When somebody comes to marry you, he has separated you from your family. He has regarded you as a special person. You don't have to take it for granted. Are you with me? When somebody comes and proposes you and separates you from your family, it's not an exciting news. It's not something to rejoice about. It's not something to be happy with. In the same way, you are whoever you are like me. I, when I go to the area where I grew up, I don't know anybody in the area who has become a priest or a pastor in the area I grew up. I don't know anybody, any of my friends who I used to play football with. One day I came from Nigeria and I took a taxi. The young man driving the taxi happened to be a friend who I was playing football with. So my friend, I had become a chartered accountant. I became a priest. I'm on missions. And this person who I used to play football with is a taxi driver. So you can imagine the specialness that God has done to me. I took this taxi and it was taking me to Sakumono. On the way, we were chatting. So I asked him, where is this person? About five of the people I would ask for, people who were my friends, some were dead. Maybe this, this guy was involved in armed robbery and he was killed. This guy was killed by his brother. There were some family in our area. They were very wild. They were Rollins' cousins. I think their mother was uh, Rollins' mother's uh, sister. They were very wild. One killed the other. And Rollins came to pick the one who killed his senior brother. Put him in prison. I don't know even whether he's still in prison. He said, I said, where is this guy? Oh, this guy, he's, he's mad. You know, they used to smoke Indian him. I know the smell of Indian him. I've never smelled, smoked it before. But these were my friends I used to play football with. So this one smoked Indian him. He's now mad. So as he was giving me the accounts, I said, my God. My God. I could have been any one of them. I wasn't better than any of them. I wasn't better than any of them. I could have been like any one of them. Dead, mad, in prison, driving a taxi. There's nothing wrong with driving a taxi. But an accountant is better than driving a taxi. Oh, I don't know. I have a classmate who used to say clearly at some junction. <laughs> so, if I see myself as somebody who God has done a special favor, who God has separated, you have to understand. Hallelujah. You have to understand. And I'm saying to you too that you have also been separated. Amen. To be called is to be sent out properly. Hmm? to be sent out properly to be called is to receive grace from God 
Do you know what is grace? If you check the meaning of grace, it also means one of the meanings of grace is goodwill. One of the meanings of grace is goodwill. So we should approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to obtain grace. One of the meaning of grace is goodwill. You see, you can't put a figure to grace. In the same way, you can't put a figure to goodwill. When you are going to rent a shop on Oxford Street, you pay for goodwill. So apart from the size of the shop, you also pay for goodwill. Is that the case? Yeah. You are paying for the name of the area where the shop is. Can you see the name of the area? You can't see it with your eyes. I'm an accountant. When you prepare accounts, there are companies that have accounts and on their balance sheets, there's a big figure of goodwill as a, as a, as a fixed asset. It's called intangible assets. Intangible because you cannot see, you cannot touch it. But it's very heavy on the, on, on, on the account. <laughs> if you take companies like Facebook and other things, hmm, they don't have many assets. But the companies are worth billions. Why? Because of the goodwill. You can't touch goodwill. And that is grace. You can't touch grace. But it is there. So those of us who don't value the grace of God. eh? That's what I'm explaining this to you. Those of us who don't value the grace of God, the grace of God is the goodwill of God. Yeah. So when the grace of God is upon you, there is goodwill. It makes you more valuable than you are. If you are to quantify me, if you take me now, eh? if you are to value me, okay, you may look at the value of my maybe education, my education, and you say, oh, this guy, if he works in such and such a company, he may earn so much, so maybe over the next 10 years, he'll be earning it. So this is his value. But then when you bring in the fact that maybe I'm a priest, okay, I'm a priest, and I stand before a big congregation, that now takes my value upwards. So, when you calculate what I am is far less than what God has made me. And that is the goodwill of God. You can't touch it with your hand. You can't feel it. But it is there. I say it is there. I say it is there. And when God calls you, God has shown you grace. God has extended his grace to you. So you see, pastors have a certain respect and a certain awe. And so don't belittle your call. Don't belittle your call. I don't know if I have sent a letter to a UK ambassador that I'm having a program. I invite the ambassador whether she will come. But we sent a letter to her. We're having a program and the focus is UK. She came to sit down there. It's the goodwill that the church has. Amen? We don't call it, I'm calling it goodwill so that you understand because you don't know the grace. You understand goodwill when you are going to rent somebody's shop. You understand goodwill if somebody has a shop in Osu, maybe the person is doing hair and a lot of people troop there. So you go and the person wants to sell the shop. 
Now, how do you sell the shop? You value the things in the shop. The dryer, the this, the that, the rent, the shop will pay monthly or yearly, whatever it is. That same shop in Agbogbuloshi or Bubuashi with the same things inside will not be as worth as that same shop in Osu. The difference is called goodwill in accounting. When you come to the church, it is called the grace of God. It is called the grace of God. That's why God says we should approach his throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. So when you have been called, God has extended a certain grace to you. Don't sell yourself cheap. Amen? Your shop is not in uh, Bubuashi. It's on the high street in Osu. There's a goodwill tack on it. There's a grace upon your life. I said there's a grace upon your life. I said there's a grace upon your life. And that is why God now has to separate you. Because if God doesn't separate you, you mix with everybody else. But God has to separate you for you to know that there's something special on you. And so know that when you are called, you have been separated. The man had chicken recipe. He did wonders with chicken recipe. And I'm saying that what is upon you is called goodwill. Hallelujah. Because you have received grace. Amen. I say amen. Luke chapter 2 verse 40. And the child grew and walked strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. There are many children who could have been of the same age. Because this one was different because the grace of God was upon him. And I'm saying to you that the grace of God is also upon you. I said the grace of God is also upon you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Romans 12, 3. It says, for I say through the grace given unto me, to every man this is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Because the grace of God makes you higher than you are. So Paul is cautioning, don't think yourself, the place that the grace has placed you is the grace of God. So in one sense, you have to operate in that grace, knowing that there's a goodwill, a grace upon you. In the other sense, know that it is not you, but it is the grace of God. And therefore, you don't have to be puffed up. You have to be humble because of why? Because there's a grace on you. It's grace. He said, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Why should you think soberly? Because when you look at the thing, look at me, I'm sitting here and Bishop Ogo is telling me I have to come here every year. I mean, come on. Who, who, who am I? 
So I have to think soberly. Are you understanding? If it amazes me, I mean, in the afternoon, what was happening? I, I don't know what was happening. So I have to put on these brains and think soberly. Because if I try it on the road, it will fail. I've come into a place where there's a grace. I said, I've come to a place where there's grace. So for me to think that I have something to share or something to, to, to release is false. It's false. It is a grace of God. I say it is a grace of God. Habit then gives differing according to the grace that is given unto us. Romans 12, 6. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. So it's according to the grace given. According to the goodwill value that you place on that thing. And so whatever the amount of things you see in our ministry, we should always remember that it is grace. That we have received grace. I say we have received grace. Hallelujah. We have received grace. Amen. To receive a call is to receive a talent from God. To receive a call is to receive a talent from God. That me who couldn't speak, I receive a talent to speak. That I have to finish university before I could propose to a woman. You see, God does things said that no man will boast in it. I cannot boast that I have words. He will just remind me, you forgot him. That he couldn't say to Omar, I love you. And your friend came to smooch the woman in front of you. You didn't have the mouth to say it. So if he has given you a small mouth in the church, <laughs> you don't have to boast. <laughs> Amen. Because the talent that he gives us to preach is a huge talent. It's over and above your abilities. There are several times that, especially when I was in Zimbabwe, I used to go through some very severe back problems. I'll sit in the church and it's almost time to preach. I'll say to my wife, you have to preach today. At least you can guess what she will say. I won't preach. <laughs> She's like that. But when I get up, struggling, I get up and I pick the mic. The pain vanishes. So how dare me say it was I who was there. It wasn't me. Amen. It wasn't me. It's somebody else. One of the personal traits of the diligence is faith. Just having faith in God. That as you are going, the Lord will be with you. Because there are many things in ministry that put fear in us. There are many things in ministry. And don't think when you see somebody get up and he's talking, then he, look, every time I have to talk, I'm afraid. In my church, when I tell them, don't believe me, but it's up to them. 
Before I'm on the pulpit, I'll just pray, Lord, help me. Help me. And the Lord always helps me. Lord, help me. Help me. Before I get up to preach. Because the talent, the ability is from God. I wasn't born with it. To be called, it to receive a gift from God. Romans chapter 1 verse 11. It says, for I long to see you that I may impact unto you some spiritual gifts. To the end, he may be established. Romans 12 verse 16. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to you, whether by prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. So to be called is to be given a gift. And God has given us gifts. He has given us gifts to raise people. Amen? He has given us gifts to train people, to raise an army. Because many are called. And God has put you in an office. You are a recruitment officer in your church. You are the recruitment officer. You are the HR training director. You are the everything in your church. And God expects you to do it. Because there is work to be done. I said there is work to be done. And that work cannot be done by a few people. The work needs a lot of people to do. Amen. There is a lot of work to be done, I tell you. A lot of work. Don't deceive yourself if the chairs you have arranged in church are full. Just walk outside the church on Sunday morning. And you see the number of people playing football outside. You see the number of people at the market. You'll be amazed. So many people. (laughs) So the number of people outside church, they are far more than those. Far. Hundred times far than those in church. That's why you need more people. Amen. So the grace that God has given you, the talent he has given you, the gift he has given you, He's expecting you to raise an army for him. To raise an army for him. Take your people to Mampon. Go there on Friday night. Pray till morning. Look, when you are praying in the Mampon Gardens, you think you are in heaven. So when the clouds begin to come, say, wow, you think you are in heaven. It's a very powerful atmosphere. How many of you have been going there? It's a very powerful atmosphere to go to Mampon, to go and pray. It's different from praying under some tree, no, you be. <laughs> and it's been made a special place by the prophets. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Amen. Lastly, to be called is to receive an office. To be called by God means you have received an office. What a blessing this is. To be called by God is to be put. In an office by the Lord. Eh? To be called by God is to be put in an office by the Lord. What greater privilege can you have than to be given an office by the Lord? And this office is not a building. Amen? This office is greater than a building. Hallelujah. It's bigger than a building. There's no building that can contain this office. An office is a place of work, a responsibility, 
So it means that to be called by God is to be given a responsibility. To be given a job. Hmm? To be given a position. That's an office. To be given a task. That's why Jesus Christ said, I have finished my work. Because he was given work to do. You think he just came and came to run, just do anything that he likes? No. He had work to do. Amen. Jesus Christ had work. Is it, what, is it CV you call it? Or resume? Both. <laughs> he had a resume when he came. Otherwise, he wouldn't say, I have finished my work. What was he referring to? He was referring to the purpose for which God sent him. Hallelujah. That's what he was referring to. So then he could look back to something to say, I have finished. Because as he was doing, he was ticking, 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 ticking. In the end, he said, I have finished my work. So to be called is not an easy thing. And I'm saying we have something more important and more special that can can understand this. Are you with me? Hebrews I've given you that scripture to be called. Exodus 29 1 and this is a thing that thou shalt do unto them to hallow them to minister unto me in the priest's office. God expects you to minister in the priest's office. Amen. I say amen. Now, let me go back to Kenneth Sanders as I complete. After two years of making daily sales, hmm? okay, let me go back. He said, in fact, the first 1,008 sales Sale calls can the Sanders made ended in rejection. Thousand and eight calls that he made for his recipe ended in what? Rejection. I don't know how many times you have been rejected. And I don't know how many times you have felt rejected. At times you have not been rejected, but you feel rejected. And you are counting and adding that one to the rejections. It's likely that you have not even been rejected before, but you have always felt rejection. But in this case, Colonel Sanders tried a thousand and eight times and he was rejected in all. I don't know whether any of us would have continued, but I'm sharing this with you. So there's something, you know, there's something called diligence. Amen. There's something called what? Diligence. It is what? The relentless. Eh? The relentless and persistent pursuit of something. Still, he continued to call on owners as he traveled across USA, sleeping in his car to save money. The man was 65 years old. Now, keep the age in your mind. 65 years old. So as he was traveling up and down, making all these proposals, how many more years do we have to give him? Is it for one year or two years? Eh? Ten years is a lot. So let's say about five years. Eh? So by the time he has made his 
2008 proposal, Kenneth Sanders, who started at 65, was how old now? He was 70 years old. <laughs> he was 70 years old. A 70-year-old man was sleeping in his car because he had a vision. Because he had a recipe. Because he had a call. Because he has been given an office. Because he has been given a task. The first thing to identify is that he identified a problem. That as I am retiring, $105, can I live on this? He identified a problem. You need to identify the problem you have in your church. If the problem is scarcity, if the problem is barrenness, identify it and name it as it is. Because he identified a problem, so there was something that he was looking to. There was a problem he was looking to solve in, and that is persistence. Relentless pursuit to solve a problem. When you don't identify a problem, you just live there anyhow. If you don't know what you want, anything that comes is okay. If you don't know what you want, anything at all that comes is okay. If you don't know what you want. This old man was sleeping in his car. There are times, my, I stay in Sakumono. My church is in North Kanishi. At times I finish meeting maybe 11, 12, 1, whatever. I may have to drive to Sakuma. Maybe I have a morning meeting as well, morning something to do. So at times I sleep in the office. Several times, not at times, several times. No, I have a beautiful house by the grace of God. I have a big bedroom by the grace of God. My bedroom is very big. Bishop built, Bishop built it for me, very, very large. I'm telling you. Very, very, I can't lie to you. <laughs> I can't lie to you. I've not seen a bedroom that big before. Can be divided into about six bedrooms. Very, very large. I have one, two, three. So three bedrooms downstairs and the and the and the and the laundry and the guest toilet. Yes, all of them. Upstairs, that's my bedroom. Very big. But I sleep in the office. Because I have something to do. Kenneth Sanders sleeps in his car at the age of 70. Prospect number 109 gave him his first yes. Here you may understand the definition of diligence better. The persistent and relentless effort by an individual. I'm not talking about a group. By an individual. Several times you want your pastors or people to come along with you to do something. And then you face obstacles. You face challenges. But it's a persistent, relentless effort by an individual. To solve a problem. Problem of future poverty. To overcome difficulties. And to accomplish great things. I see you accomplishing great things. 
as I see you accomplishing great things. As I see you accomplishing great things. Diligence will make you accomplish great things. I said diligence will make you accomplish great things. After two years of making daily sales, he had signed up a total of five restaurants. Two years. How old is he now? 72. Still the kennel pressed on. Knowing that he had a great chicken recipe. <laughs> and that someday the idea will catch on. Someday. At 72, the guy was saying someday. Someday to catch on. Someday to catch on. I said someday to catch on. However long you have tried at something. However long you have persisted at something. One day it will catch on. I say 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 one day it will catch on. And that is why you have to know the calling that you have. You have to know that you have something special. You have a task. A job that God has given to you. In the same way, the Sundays knew he had a recipe. And one day, it will catch on. Your church growth is catching on. I say your church growth is catching on. I believe my church growth is catching on. Hallelujah. It is catching on. Of course, you know how the story ends. The idea did catch on. By 1963, the kennel had 600 restaurants across the country selling the secret recipe of Kentucky Fried Chicken with 11 herbs and spices. <laughs> Hallelujah. By 63, it has caught on. He assigned 600 restaurants. Listen. In 1964, he was bought out by future Kentucky governor, John Brown. Even though the sale made him a multi-millionaire, he continued to represent and promote KFC until his death in 1990. 64 to 1990, how many years? 26 years. 26 plus 70 what? Minimum 72. What is it? <laughs> Is that he continued to promote it? Relentless, persistent effort by an individual to solve a problem, overcome difficulties, overcome challenges. Relentless. I said, relentless. I said, relentless. What will make a difference in your church is relentlessness. Amen. I said amen. amen. But remember, he first identified a target. Because at times, we, 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 we don't know the problem we are solving. So if it is solved, we don't know whether it is solved or not. He had a problem that he doesn't want to be poor. Now, after even he became a billionaire, when his business was purchased, he continued to promote. He has gotten his money already. 
This is what we talk about being passive. Eh? He's got his money already. He's made his millions. But he believed in the recipe he had. Do you believe in the calling you have? I said, do you believe in the calling you have? So, you, you see, that is the story of Bishop Dagger News, for instance. I mean, what hasn't he got? Churches. He has churches. Crusades. He has crusades. I mean, what? Books. He has books. But the man works harder than any one of us. After Kenneth Sanders have received his millions, for over 26 years, he continued. He continued. He continued. So the diligence does not even stop. It carries you to your grave. Because what you have has eternal purpose. What you have is not just for this life. What you have goes beyond what your body can take. It carries you into eternity. Because it's inside of you. I know of a man the father of our first lady, Mr. Moses Baden. I knew him personally because I worked in Takradi for two years. He was an elderly man, yet he was always building. I remember one day I closed from work and I called him. He said, oh, he was a site. He was an old man. So I went to join him at site. I thought he was just sitting down and I went and this old man was Instructed six thirty was instructed some cement to be mixed because something has to be patched. I said, "Hey, and as you have gone there, Daddy is supervising cement. Will you sit your car and go away? I have to go and you know work with Daddy. Seven o'clock, eight o'clock, we are mixing cement to do some work that he thinks should be done that very day. No matter, no, no wonder he died a very rich man." No one had died a very rich man. So you could see that in the eyes of someone who is relentless, there is nothing like it is enough. There is nothing like it is enough. I have prayed enough. I have preached enough. I have raised enough pastors. I have done enough in the ministry. There is nothing like enough. There is nothing like enough for a relentless person. That at the age of what? 80. He's still pressing on. He has got his money. He's millionaire. He's, he's, they bought a business. He's got a millions. Yet, he says he continued to promote. If he had not continued to promote Kentucky Fried Chicken, it may not have come to Africa. But he continued to promote. So you could see that the money, you see, his vision went beyond the problem he was trying to solve. Yeah. Because an old man, 100 pounds, 100 dollars uh, pension, he would have lived on. But his vision went beyond even the problem he was trying to solve. Because the problem was that he couldn't live on 105 dollars as a pensioner. But most of us, number one, we don't identify our problem. And then after we identify our problem, we are so selfish that when we, we, we think that when we achieve it, that's the end of it. But the guy achieved his purpose, yet he continued. That is relentlessness. Amen? I said, that is relentlessness. It goes beyond yourself. 
And there are many people who your calling is supposed to reach out to. There are many young men who the ability God has given to you is supposed to raise. We shouldn't leave our generation or the generation after us without anything. It will be a crime on our part to leave the people. The, look, I mean, most of pastors, I mean, Bishop will go, I, mean, I don't know why he's, he's here. <laughs> In the eyes of the world, he has done enough. I mean, why is opening pastors' conference? This pastors' conference, is it been organized for his benefits? It's not for his benefits. It's not for his benefits. And I'm saying that you coming to a certain place in ministry should not be for your benefits. It should go beyond you. I say it should go beyond you. So you have to believe it that many are called. And your call, you see, the thing when we went through the call and what it means to be called, those things cannot be done by ordinary people. They can only be done by people who have been shown mercy. People who God has extended grace to. Goodwill that has come to you. Okay? It's not everybody who has a goodwill. But by grace, you have received goodwill. Something that is there cannot be quantified, but it is there. And I've demonstrated to you through accounting principles and calculations. The grace, which is goodwill, it cannot be seen, but it is there. It is there. A shop in Osu is not the same as a shop in this uh, Kotobabi. There's goodwill on the shop in Osu. In the same way, there's goodwill upon you when God calls you. And that goodwill is supposed to affect many people. I say it's supposed to affect many people. You may be doing well in the ministry. Ask, your, ask yourself, don't be satisfied with it. I said, don't be satisfied with it until you have many others. I said, until you have many others who begin to... Bishop Doug is having pastor's conference. He's continuing having pastor's conference. Now his pastors under him are also having pastor's conference. And that's how come he will take time off to come. To come and encourage his son. That is somebody with relentlessness. That's somebody with a certain mind. So my brother, my sister, I'm saying that you are leaving this place knowing that you are not the only one who is called. Many are called. Amen? Many are called. I tell you, I tell you, if I had gone to heaven before joining this church, it would have paid me power. As if I had gone to heavy before joining this church, it would have paid me. My crowns would be very churchy. In fact, my crowns would be insignificant. I'll be sitting there and licking my lips and looking at Bishop Ogo and the rest. Wearing powerful crowns, living in mansion. It would have paid me, I'm telling you. It would have paid me. I thank God I came to this church. I say, I thank God I came to this church. I'm telling you. And I'm thank God that you and I are here hearing the things we are hearing. We are here hearing the things we are hearing. 
A good coach is somebody who, apart from winning many medals, have also raised a very powerful, some powerful individuals, football, good, good footballers in the system. We should not let the grace of God on us go to waste. God's grace on us should not go to waste. It should not go to waste. It's a good will. Everybody likes something that has good will on it. That has grace on it. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I believe that we are leaving this conference different from when we, how we came. I say, I believe we are leaving this conference different from how we came. I say, I believe we are leaving this conference different from how we came. I am living a different person. I say, I am living a different person. I am living a different person. And I believe you are also living here a different person. Amen. Next year, when a conference like that is called, you are coming with like 30 people. I'm not joking. You know, as I was invited here Bishop Goswine posted it on some of our chats in church I didn't tell anybody I was going I was just seeing those who will come and I mean those who will not come it's up to them um, I was just seeing I was just seeing <laughs> Amen there's a time to organize and there's a time not to organize Hallelujah. But as you live here, God is giving you an assignment. An assignment to raise people. Many are called. You are leaving this conference with a grace. I say you are leaving this conference with a grace. When grace is upon something, it becomes easier to do. When the grace is lifted, it becomes more difficult to do. The effort that you put in when there is grace is different from the effort you put in when there is no grace. And I'm prophesying to you that you are living here with grace. I say you are living here with grace. You can't come into such an anointed man's auditorium and live with nothing. So I'm announcing to you that you are living here with a certain grace. A grace that will make raising an army an easier thing. Something that you have tried several times. Somebody tried thousand and eight times and he failed. Yet he went on trying. And I'm announcing to you that you are living here with that grace. I say you are living here with that grace. I say you are living here with that grace. That grace that will cause you to succeed in the things that you have failed in the past. And it doesn't matter how many times you have failed, but as you have come into this conference, you are living with a certain grace. I am living with a certain grace. I am living with a certain spirit. I am living with a certain mantle upon me because I have come into this place. And I'm saying to you that because you have also come into this place, 
you are leading with the same grace the grace to raise people the grace to train pastors the grace to raise shepherds the grace to lead a flock the grace to be a great shepherd that grace has been released to you I say that grace has been released to you receive that grace now receive that grace now receive that grace now receive that grace now the things that were difficult to do in the past a grace to raise a choir a grace to raise workers in your church a grace to raise financiers in your church a grace to raise people who relentlessly and tirelessly pursue the purpose of God in the name of Jesus receive that grace now receive that grace now receive that grace now receive that grace now open your mouth and begin to thank God Open your mouth and begin to thank God. Open your mouth and begin to thank God. Open your mouth and begin to thank God. Say, open your mouth and begin to thank God. 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 Because of the grace. I said, because of the grace. I said, because of the grace. I said because of the grace things that before have been difficult to do as you leave this place as you leave this place the grace the grace the grace the grace the grace as you go when you make an altar call for people who want to work for God I say when you make an altar call for people who want to work for God you'll be amazed I say you'll be amazed I say you'll be amazed at those who respond you'll be amazed at those who respond because there is a grace upon you 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 there is a good will a good will from God a good will from God a good will from God in the name of Jesus receive that grace receive that grace receive that grace receive that grace I don't know what has been difficult for you to do in the past but right now right now right now I say I don't know what has been difficult for you to do in the past but right now right now as I'm speaking right now as I'm speaking right now as I'm speaking there is a certain release I said there's a certain release there is a certain release that is coming upon you it's falling on you now it's falling on you now receive it now receive it now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus your ministry I said your ministry your leadership your abilities your abilities from today you are moving a step they are moving a step higher they are moving a step higher not because you are handsome not because you are educated not because you are rare because there is a grace there is a grace there is a grace there is a grace it's falling on you 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 God will prove it to 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 you because he's giving you to right now he's giving you to right now he's giving you to right now receive it 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 now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Lende Kabbalah Randele Masuda 
Imande Katuria, Rapatani Masata, Lemande Kabudia, Rapapa, Randa Lebasikataya, Lebrekata, Lebrekata, Randa Lebasuka, Rakataya, Lebamasa, Randa Lebere, Rapatataya, Rapatariani, Lebaba, Lebaba, Set your hands and receive it now. Set your hands and receive it now. as you begin yes as you begin yes as you begin yes to walk in the things to walk in the things a grace has been provided oh yes a grace has been provided thank you i see someone you are going to a place you are going to a place i see a rough road professor you have been on the rough road professor I say you have been on a rough road. Now what you are going to be on? My God. It's a tired road. Hallelujah. I say it's a tired road. Amen. I say it's a tired road. Amen. The rough road has weakened you. Oh Jesus. The rough road has damaged all your suspensions. Has damaged all your shock absorbers. The rough road has weakened you. It has wearied you. But because of the grace. I said because of the grace. Oh, thank you. I said because of the grace. Thank you, Lord. There lies before you now a tired road. There lies before you now a highway. Thank you. Which is called the highway of the Lord. Which is called the highway of the Lord. It looks like the road that you have been on before. But that is only to frighten you, not to make a move. But from now, as you leave this conference. Yes, Lord. You are taking a step forward. Amen. I say you are taking a step forward. Amen. For God has said to Abraham, but leave where you are living and go to a place where I will show you. Abraham never knew the place, but he took a step and he moved forward. Hallelujah. And he's saying to you right now, yes, 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 you have been on the rough road. Oh God, it's been dusty. It's been horrible. Oh God. I said it's been dusty mm. and it's been horrible. But now the grace of God. Oh yes, your grace. The goodwill oh, of God. It's now making a way for you. Amen. It's now making a way for you. Amen. You just need to step into it. Thank you. After your first step, yes, Lord. You realize because you take that step. Yes, Lord. Because you take that step. Yes, Lord. After you have taken it, mm. then you realize yes. that it's not like the past ones. But this one is different. Thank you. This one is tired. Thank you. This one is smooth. Yes, Lord. This one is tired. Thank you, Lord. This one is smooth. Thank you, Lord. The things that weakened you yes. have been removed. Amen. Because of the grace of God. Yes, Lord. Because of the grace of Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Receive that grace right now. I receive it, Lord. Receive that grace right now. I receive it, Lord. Receive that grace right now. I receive your grace. Receive that grace right now. Yes, Everything has been rough. I receive that grace right now. Amen. That even as you continue, yes, Lord. As you continue, yes, 
you will see a difference. Amen. I say you will see a difference. Amen. Between a graceless oh, situation Jesus. and a graced situation. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank God right Hallelujah. now. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Father, we thank you. We are grateful, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We are grateful. We are grateful. We thank you, Lord. We are grateful. We are grateful. Thank you for the ministries. Thank you, Lord. That are coming out of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the thousands. Thank you, God. That are going to be raised Thank out of you. Thank you. Thank you for the many who, because of the grace, oh. will respond. Yes. We give you the glory. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. We give you the praise. Somebody for the next one minute, just thank God. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Open that mouth and thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Yes. Yes, thank him. Father, we thank you. We are grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For the ministry abilities that you have released. Thank you. Thank you. We thank you for the grace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the grace. Oh, thank you. Thank you. For I said to Paul that my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is make perfect in thy weakness. Oh, thank you. You are living here walking in the grace. Thank you. Thank you. You are living here walking in the grace. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you. Let the great shepherds be released from here. Thank you. Amen. Ah, the spirit of the great shepherd. It's coming upon you right now. Amen. The spirit of the great shepherd is coming upon you right now. Oh, yes. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, shut up. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord. The spirit of the great shepherd is coming upon you right now. Yes. Yes. Oh, there is a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference between the road full of your grace and one that has not your grace. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. What a throne to come before. What a throne to appear before. Ah, Maria Kalababa. Somebody just lift your hands and thank God. There's a throne in this place. It's called the throne of grace. It's called the throne of grace. Oh, yes. It said, come to obtain mercy and to find grace. Mercy clears the past. And grace makes way for the future. Oh yes. 
Yes, yes, yes. Oh, thank you. Just bask. Just bask. Just bask. Oh, before this throne of grace. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we've come. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes. Oh yes.
said I'm going to the mountains to worship God but he was going to kill his son come now come. we are worshiping God please put the number on the screen you very much. 
we recognize that you are a carrier of graces we recognize that you are a gift to us here in the OEB Bakane Cathedral Art of Shepherding Conference we are really being blessed by your ministry yeah. there's a ministry you have that is blessing us we, we are really being blessed by it and uh, We trust that you have been mightily blessed and affected by the word of God preached by Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo. Do join one of our lovely services from the Mackinac Cathedral near Valley View University, OUB, Accra, this and every weekend at 7.30pm on Saturdays as well as 7.30am and 12 noon on Sundays. Connect with Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo on Facebook Live Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us. God bless you.